For y'all who don't know me, my name is Greg. I usually don't introduce myself because I really would rather just introduce Jesus. Um, so who was, uh, who was offended that we listened to so many songs? <clears throat> really, I was just, I mean, that's just something, it's a lot of songs, but I'm just thankful for worship. Um, I got a word for somebody. Is there somebody in here named Emma? Dang it. Does anybody know an Emma? All right, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. Do you really know Emma? Well, I, I just got a word. I'm not going to share it. If she's not in here, she's not in here. My wife has a word for somebody. Um, I have a word for you in like the beige shirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Hey, Catherine. Um, I just heard James 1, 5 over you, and it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Um, so I don't know, like if you're asking God a lot of questions or need some decisions, but like the fear, Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I just like you know, God just like really wants to give you wisdom and the like beginning of that is just really fearing him and who he is and his love. Um, but he just really wants to give you that. So we just bless you with that and that there would be fruit and lots of wisdom in your life to come. So. Yeah. Amen. Y'all made it. Memorial Day weekend. And you're here. Um. Announcements. You're at the Awakening. That's what we call this place, if you don't know. Um, baptisms. If you would like to be baptized or would like more information, text baptism to that number. Is that it? We don't have to do those? Ooh, offering declaration. Let's do that. Let's, let's stand up, get back on your feet, and, and do this declaration together. All right, y'all, just read it with me. As we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declarations, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, calls, positions, and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation saved and set free, carrying kingdom revelation. Thank you, Father, that I join my value system to yours. You will shower favor, blessings, and increase upon me so that I will have more than enough to co-labor with heaven and see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Um, I'm going to leave it up there if you want to take a photo of that. <laughs> That's good. Y'all can sit. Yeah, you're good. Oh, are you sure? Okay. 
Um, instructions for kids. All right, so th this picture got messed up. Um, I wanted to just, so you guys don't, if you don't know me, you know, we are doing baptisms. And I just wanted, any, any child of God's got a testimony. And that's a real thing. Every one of y'all have a testimony. Um, and my testimony's really dear. Well, I, I'm 31. When I was 24, I, for 24 years, like, totally walked in disobedience and darkness. Tried to fill my heart with all the things of the world, all the things of sin, man, pleasures of the world. Um, and finally, I realized that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were about Jesus. And I actually had a Bible that my mom gave me. And I started reading. No pastor, no church, no YouTube, no commentary. I had a Bible. And I started reading because I learned that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were about Jesus. And Jesus was my hang-up. He was my stumbling block. You know, they call it the stumbling block. It's not just a word. It, Jesus actually can be a stumbling block to the hard heart. Or simply to the misunderstood. And so I started reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the only way to describe it is I just, everything inside, I was the same person outside. Everything changed inside of me. My heart, my mind, the way I looked at the world, the way I looked at people, everything changed. So I was, and I just read straight out of this book with a bookmark, just like a book, from page to page to page, all four Gospels. And I got to the end, and I realized at the end of Matthew, you know, he says, go therefore and teach all the nations to obey my commandments and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I love that, that what's so cool about that, I was just thinking about that, the Lord doesn't just say, teach them my commandments. He says, teach them to obey my commandments. How do you teach somebody to obey a commandment? You do it yourself. What, what, is that not the greatest way to teach somebody? And I love that. The Lord is not just, don't just go and baptize people, but teach the people to obey. Teach them how good his commandments are, that they're worth everything, that they're worth forsaking. So anyway, I read this. I, re I was like, oh, shoot. I am changed. I'm ready to get, someone needs to baptize me. I, read, I just, I'm like, nobody had to tell me or convince me. I, knew, I was like, man, it's time. So I called, but the only Christian guy I know which we were like starting to hang out more and more during that time, I was like, dude, you need to baptize me in the river. And then I was kind of weird, and I was like, the first time it snows, oh, that's the day I want to be baptized. <laughs> so this was October when this happened. And so winter's coming, I'm like, when it snows, man, I'm getting baptized. It didn't snow that year. <laughs> I moved to Athens, January 1st, 2012. That Easter, I was like, dude, we're... I still was, I'm like, I need to get baptized. There's no rush, but there's also like, hey, 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 don't let that thing just fade away like so many other things that the Lord puts on our hearts. That's so easy to do. I'm not saying it like it's easy to do. And so I called Zach up and my dude, I'm Easter Sunday. I want to be baptized. So Brittany was actually my girlfriend. I got baptized in a river in LJ, Georgia with my mom, some friends, just like, it was like 10 people on the bank. And I remember I came up out of the water and there was a rock and I stood up on top of the rock and I made a declaration to all those people. I said, you will no longer see the old Greg. Even my sin will look different. And I testified over myself. So 
that's my baptism testimony. I don't take, it's not something to me. It's, it's this beautiful way of showing Jesus your heart and showing yourself and the rest of the people that want to attend and be there and watch it. So there's my baptism. Hey, the slide came up. So I drew that. Um, so Travis and Jessica are in Florida. They're, they're on their way to Florida for a family vacation. And Travis, he asked me to preach. And I'm really thankful that he, like, would even consider me to do that. Um, and I, I'm just really thankful that I'm not scared out of my wit's end to do it and that I can like say no to the flesh and say, all right, Lord, like this is your business. You can have your way. And so it's a big deal. Um, I guess really like, I just wanna, my heart is to just stir everybody up, including myself to just see Jesus for who he is and be impregnated with the Holy Spirit and with the fire and love of God. And so I was like thinking, I just feel like some people are suffering and suffering to me is a good topic because I don't know where we get this idea and I, you might not have this idea, but maybe I can start to head down that, that path of like, man, if you're following Jesus, like life is good, like life is fine, which it is. But we also live in the world and like the world's tough, man. Sin and death is upon us. It's all over. I mean, even lately, I've been driving. I don't know about y'all. I've been seeing snakes in the road all, like, the last couple days. So, like, we, like, this is still the world. And even Jesus said, like, take heart. Like, in the, in the world, you'll find many troubles. But take heart, for I've overcome the world. And so that's the good news. And so th this, is, this is just a title. The glory came through a suffering servant king. Let me pray. Because it's a good thing to do. Lord, just thank you for today. I thank you for everybody. I thank you that people are here. Um, God, I thank you for the hearts that are here. Just pray your salvation salve would just soften hearts, God. Um, and that you're glorious and your ways are higher. And so your process is... Words can't define it. And I thank you, Jesus, for your power and your majesty. Amen. First John 2, 2 says, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. This scripture unleashes freedom to love and to forgive and to hope. So to me, this scripture, whether you're a Calvinist or an Arminian, whatever you believe theologically, this scripture to me, everybody's got a chance. Everybody. Nobody is too far gone. Nobody. And I love that because that allows me, I can simply just stand on that and not excuse myself for not loving somebody. Um, you know, the, there was a shooting that happened in, was it Florida, like a, last week, or Texas, and man, when I, I didn't know this until I got home, I like saw it on the news, and I was like, 
I, my heart broke. I'm not softened to evil. Like it still hurts my heart. And so my heart broke and I like just, man, I just got on my knees and I started crying out because that, the, the kid that took those people's lives is still alive. And my heart broke for him. And so easily we just immediately go to the people who, like the kids who actually died, which yes, it's, just, it's like an atrocity, but like same with the kid, like, but the kid, you know, so again, like he, Jesus paid the cost for every sin in the whole world. I love that. And I want to go to 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, keeping, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. What I love about this is if you connect these two scriptures, love covers a multitude of sins. Jesus covered the sins of the whole world. Think about the multitude of that love. There is no other love that can cover that. That's, so since love covers a multitude of sins, I want to just talk about suffering and covering sin and loving. Um, and so I can, so now you can. That's like always in me. Jesus, I just, is always saying, like, man, I, like, you can do it. I did it. You can do it. I'm always encouraged. Um, and get ready for the multitude of the sins that this scripture, since love covers a multitude, it doesn't say love covers one or two. This is a multitude. Whether that's your own, whether that's your spouse's, whether that's your mom's, whether that's your best friend's, whether that's your boss's. I mean, I can keep going on and on and on. Like, it's a multitude. But Jesus has the love that, he has what we need to cover those. And this requires some suffering. And I think a lot of times like suffering, like sometimes it's, the suffering is like your own pride. Or your, you know, like you want to justify yourself when someone else sins against you. Like you want to call them out, like you want to, estranged, you've already estranged them, and it's just easy to, like, want to justify yourself. So I think a lot of times the, the suffering is your own pride. Um, it is your own relationship with, with whoever it is. John 16, 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness. I really want, like, I just really want people to be convicted all the time of sin because I am, I mean, that's just my heart, man. But I can't do that. Like, I don't have the power to convict people. Um, and I know you guys have probably seen this quote because all y'all have Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all those other things. And I know Billy Graham just passed away this year, but I do love this. He said, Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and my job to love. That's simple. Next slide says, what can, sin, what can covering sin look like? So I took some Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. I love the New Testament. I love my testament. I love y'all's testament. You got the Old Testament, you got the New Testament, and you got the U Testament. <laughs> but it's for real. I remember one day I was sitting with the Lord, and I was just like, you know, I sit with the Lord with my eyes closed a lot, so that way my flesh, my 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 mind's eye can see, my, like not just these eyes. And I remember one day I was sitting with the Lord and I was turning pages through some book and it had my name on it. 
and it was like the epistle, it was like my name. It was like the, the book of Greg. In his, which, uh, under, like, and I was just like, wow, man, like, I really, like, it really is real. Like, my story is part of him and part of his story and the history of mankind. And, like, that's what I love. You got to recognize that. You got to recognize that. I don't care if you're 15 years old. Like, you got to recognize that. Like, you really, you have this thing in you that will last for all of eternity. And you can change the way the world is with the power of Jesus. Because I want to change, man. I'm not happy the way it is. And so I'll do what, I, I'll do what it takes. I've already tasted the, the darkness and the drugs and the sex and the, all that stuff. Like, that's nothing. Like, the glory of the Lord is the only thing worthy. And I'm so thankful that I got a taste of it and I can keep tasting it. What can covering sin look like? Genesis 9, 21, 23. All right. He drank of the wine. He is Noah. This is after Noah built the ship. This is after the flood came. After the dove went and got the olive branch, let him know, hey, man, we're good to go. Here we go. Noah says, it says this. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, which is Noah's son, the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Sham and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both of their shoulders, and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward and they did not see their father's nakedness. So that's just like a visual picture of covering. And I really like that. That's a visual picture. Covering their father's sin. Um, and you know, in turn, it's sad, but Canaan was actually cursed because of this. Noah put a curse on him. And I hate that because when I read that, I'm like, Noah, you cursed your own grandson, but you're the guy who set this whole thing up to begin with. You're the guy that got drunk. And so it kind of, I do kind of get a little bit offended at the way this story rolls out, but I mean, I can't change any, I can't change it. It's happened. But I just really like that picture of covering someone's sin. Um, and there's a difference between exposing and covering, and it takes wisdom. You know, you can expose it. I think in, somewhere in the gospel, somewhere in the New Testament, the Lord talks about going to a brother and, and confronting your brother. And you keep that between you and him, and you do that three times. If it doesn't happen, you won't. But you don't have, so you can go to your brother, and what I love is you don't have to go to anybody else. You don't even have to tell your best friend about it. I love that. You can just, just keep it between you and him, whatever it is. Honor the Lord that way and watch what happens. Watch his faithfulness. Watch it. Because in the end, God will expose it all, and you got to let him be him. Now, I'm not saying don't call some bad stuff out. I'm just saying there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And it takes wisdom. And then again, this story is another example of there's only one perfect one. Even Noah, the I can't, it's crazy. This guy was building a ship for what? How many years? Two years? How many years did it take? It took a while. Three years. Hundred years. Oh my gosh. So, sorry. Hundred years this guy built a ship. Saying, hey, man, there's a flood. You know everybody's, 
you know, because they've made movies, I hate that. Like, just go to the source. And I'm sure, I'm speculating here, but I'm sure people are like, you are out of your mind, man. It's okay to be out of your mind when your mind's focused on Jesus. It's okay. I kind of would rather have it that way for all of us, that I'm yoked with my, my brothers and my sisters, that I like-minded, Christ-minded. I read, what's the second book? Exodus. And I uh, read it about, a, about two years ago. I never read it before, all the way through. I'm reading it. You know, Moses, Egypt, all of it. And then he's got his right-hand man, Aaron. Whoo! I was like, dude, he's my boy. I'm, I'm always a right-hand man guy. I don't, the, the main guy, I like the guy who's not as popular. So Aaron, I'm like stoked on Aaron and what he's doing. And I don't know if y'all know the story. Moses goes up to the mountain, sit with the Lord. He's been gone for weeks. I think it was like 40-something days or maybe 70-something days. And the people are getting impatient because Moses is the leader. Moses is the one who's been hearing from the Lord talking with the people. And so they get impatient. So they come to the next guy. Who's the next in command? Aaron. They say, Aaron, man, we need to do something. Take our gold. Let us make an idol and worship it. And Aaron caves and he gives in. That killed my heart. I'm reading through Exodus, seeing Aaron, and then he does that, and I'm just like, no man is worthy of opening the scroll. No man. Really, I can't even fully look to the men of old as the example. There is only one example perfectly manifested in the flesh with all the divine likeness of God. And it is Jesus. He is Jesus. There is no other. I can't even look to these guys. Further proof and evidence that he is the only one that can wash away the sins of the world. Jesus suffered more than physically. You know, I'm constantly like walking through my day to day. I think about the Lord a lot. And, uh, there, you know, I'm sure you guys probably have experienced this, but there's moments where I'm like, Jesus, did you, do you know how I feel? Because I've read these four books about you, and I don't really know if you've gone through this. I don't know if y'all have ever thought about that. Maybe not. Maybe I'm the only guy. But I do. You know, I think about guys that go through cancer, man, that years of sickness. And I'm like, Jesus, like, how do you know? How can you empathize? But Jesus suffered. So y'all know the story. Jesus is accounted for in a couple different books. He asked his disciples, who do, you, who do they say that I am? Uh, Elijah. You know, whatever they, they was, son of uh, John the Baptist was an answer, which is weird to me. Like, man, he was living at, like, they, you know, like. <laughs> and then Jesus, you know, says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter gets the answer right. Bingo. And then I love Jesus' response. Peter, you are blessed. For the spirit of God has revealed this to you. Any child of God 
can stand on that right there. You are blessed because Jesus has been revealed to you. I don't care whatever else happens to the flesh. You are blessed because Jesus has been revealed to you. So I love Jesus' answer. So Peter answers correctly. But then we know another account, man. Peter, Jesus foretells, he says, Peter, the rooster's going to crow. You will have denied me three times. And it happens. And what's crazy, I just think about Peter, man. He's, wherever he is, there are millions of copies of his denial. But I love that there's no shame in Christ Jesus. Oh, there's no shame in Christ Jesus. So Peter lies about knowing Jesus. <sighs> um, there's the account in Luke is pretty incredible. You know, Peter's following, like they, they've taken him away. Peter's already chopped the ear. They're, they've taken him away. And Peter's like staying in the shadows in the background following Peter or following Jesus. And, you know, he sits down next to this girl. And she's like, ah, aren't you the guy? And he's like, no, I'm not the guy. And then that happens three times. The third time, if you read in Luke, the third time Peter is close enough to Jesus. When he denied the third time, the rooster crows. Peter doesn't think anything of it. And Jesus looks at Peter. It says they make eye contact. And Peter remembers what Jesus said about the rooster. And I'm, once again, I'm speculating on, I don't know if Peter showed up at the crucifixion, but I just think about Peter carrying that last look. And I know that hurt Jesus. Just being denied, I know that hurt. I mean, that hurts you when someone denies you. And so I know that hurt Jesus. So I know he suffered emotionally. It wasn't just physical. But this is what's really cool about Jesus. At the end of Luke, one of my favorite stories, this is after Jesus has been pierced, suffered, paid, rose up, glorified, came back, said, I'm not done yet, which is a crazy story because Jessica has a story about a, a mom who had two or three kids. This mom had died. She knows this mom personally. Went to the heaven, experienced the glory, did not want to come back. She's a mom. She has children. But the Lord sent her back. What I love about Jesus is like, he, I just love that. I don't see him. He's like, man, I got I to gotta go back. That's a side note. That might have been a little bit of a rabbit trail. Jesus, all right, Luke 21, Peter and a couple other bros are like, man, we're going, we're going fishing. Je Jesus is dead. We're just going to go fishing, which to me, I'm like, come on, man. Don't give up so easily. And I speak that to myself, and I want to continue to speak that to myself, and I want you to continue to speak that to me, and I want me to continue to speak that to you because I know how, this, I know how the world is trying to take your faith, man. So Peter Jesus shows up. They've been fishing all night. Sun's starting to rise. It's dawn, early morning. Jesus sees them. They hadn't caught anything. He says, hey, children, have you caught any fish? They're like, no. They don't recognize who he is. He says, try casting your net on the other side. They throw it on the other side. For some reason, it's counted. 153 fish are caught. No nets are broke. They realize it's Jesus. Peter jumps out of the boat, swims to shore. And so now Peter and Jesus are together. I love this. Jesus not only covers like the brothers, 
But then he also confronts. Because you don't read that about Noah's kids. But he confronts and then he redeems. So what he says, so they, then they have a conversation. And Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? They're looking at each other in the eye this time. I love that. That redemption that Jesus doesn't look away to, from his children. He's looking at, I just, and Peter's, I know he's carried shame and guilt for however long, however many days have elapsed. Thinking, man, I'm denied my king. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter knows the third time, man. He knows what he's referencing. And I love that. Jesus redeems, y'all. He doesn't just cover. He doesn't just sweep it under the rug. He, he redeems it. He brings it back. He, he gives us a heart of flesh. And then Jesus prophesies Peter's death. I don't have this scripture, but I don't know if y'all know this conversation. But Jesus tells me he's going to die. And, P and Peter, and so they're walking. This is the end of John. I love this. They're walking. Peter, and Jesus is telling Peter he's going to die for his faith. And Peter says, well, what about him? There's a guy behind him. That guy behind him was the guy at the Last Supper who put his head in the bosom of Jesus, which we don't really know who that is, but he was a disciple. And, and Peter says, well, what about him? And Jesus says, don't worry about him. I love that. That's just like continuing on, like we, suffering, persecution, sit, like yes, the life of Christ is a life of suffering. But it's glorious. The Lord's wise to get his glory in the end. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character produces hope and hope does not put to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. Suffering, y'all have heard of the... Um, the silversmith, the guy that purifies the silver. Maybe not. So to purify silver, you've got to have a fire and you've got to have silver and you pour it into this thing called the crucible. The crucible can withstand the heat while your precious metal is inside. Crucible goes in the fire for however long, pulls it out, dross rises up to the, to the top. Dross is the impurities. Silversmith scoops the dross out, puts it in seven times, refines it, refines it. Dross is leaving. Metal's getting more precious. It's becoming what it was intentionally. Moving away the dross. Finally, the silversmith, he looks at the crucible. And you've got this liquid silver. And what does he see? He sees the image of himself. He says, ah, it's silver. It's done. And I love that because I think of me. I'm like, Lord burn me, put me in the crucible, put me in the fire. And I don't say that, I know that that's a scary thing, but it's not more scary than my trust in Jesus, than my faith and my hope in Jesus. It's just not. It can't be. The light is on the inside. It can't go out. It hasn't yet. It's, I don't plan on it going out. The light is on the inside. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The light is on the inside. And so 
Anyway, I just see this because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I see the heart as the crucible and it holds that content. The content is the love of God. And I'm like, Lord, get the impurities out. Let my heart be real. He is the God of the impossible. He is wise enough to turn suffering into his glory. Are you humble enough to trust him? I just want you guys, like, suffering, man. Don't run from it. And I'm only 31. I bet you Ann and other folks can. We don't have a, I'm just saying, I'm only 31. And so for me to even say that, like, I'm not even, I don't have the credentials. But I know that suffering is part of life. It's part of the life in Jesus. Hardship. Jesus suffered fully. Mark 15, 23, and they offered him mixed wine, wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not, did not take it. Why not? Well, myrrh, back in the day, which still is the same thing today, they would offer it to people being crucified. It was usually the women of that, those times would offer it to the guys that are being crucified um, because it took, took a little bit of the pain away, took the edge off, and it reduced swelling. And Jesus, he did not take it. What a man. What a man. Not even trying to cut a corner on his appointed suffering. What a man. Not even that murder would probably do much anyway to the amount of suffering that he had to take. Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. Don't take the myrrh, whatever that means for you. Who being in very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus really did. He endured the mockery. Man, it's okay to be mocked. Another story, when I was 24, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd, which you typically do when you're not following the Lord. Um, and I started changing, and nobody else around me was changing. And I went over to one guy's house, and there was a whiteboard on the refrigerator. Someone had drawn, drew a picture of me with a cross, and it said some foolishness on it. And I just remember, man, I'm like, what is this? Just, my, just a little bit of, just my one little taste of mockery. But let's look at the real, who really tasted mockery. Every, all three of these people, the people that were watching him being crucified, the soldiers who were crucifying him, and the thief on one side of him all said, show us who you are, who you say you are, by coming down off this cross. Y'all know that? They're mocking him. Man, if you are God, if you are the Messiah, this one son of God, get down. What are you doing? I talked to a Muslim man who said the same thing to me one time. I said, if he's the son of God, why did he die on the cross? Well, clearly he hasn't. It hasn't been revealed to him yet. 
Again, we're so blessed that the revelation of the cross has been revealed to us. Just stand on that. Don't take it for granted. Don't let it lose its power on your life. Covering sin. All right, let's talk about covering sin real quick. What does it look like for a guy like me or you in this world? Simple. I went to CVS. This was a little while ago. I was in CVS down in Beechwood trying to get something, I think for Brittany. So I was in the female section. That might have been TMI. But anyway, that, all right, so, so, forgive me, babe. Or do you have to forgive me? You don't have to forgive me. That wasn't that bad. There's a young couple in this aisle, and I'm young couple, like high school. Dude, my heart ripped open. They were buying condoms. And I just started thinking, like, no way, no, 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 no. All of the thoughts flooded my mind. This guy, this girl, he, she's not being honored. He's full, he doesn't even know. All of the things. I hate sin. It is okay to hate sin, y'all. You can hate it. If you're not, you might be losing. Hate sin. Let that be the one thing I hate if I hate something. And so I saw this, I'm like, Lord, I've got, I've got to do something. And so I'm like walking around CVS, I'm like, just like asking the Holy Spirit and like, I got to do something. And they're gone. And I was, I was devastated, dude. I was like, oh, no. And then I looked, I, was, I had the thing in my hand I was buying. I went up to the cash register. And then I looked at the girl who was also like 17 that just sold them this stuff. And my heart broke all over again. And I'm thinking, like, I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, I know when she applied for this job, she never even had a thought that she'd be doing stuff like this. So my heart, I was like, no, Lord. I was like, man, I'm going to pray. And I was like, look, I came into the cash register. There's a, there a lady behind me. I was like, I was like, I saw the couple that just came up here and I saw what they bought. And I want to pray for you because that's not, the heart of God, that's not what God intended that to be for, but that's within marriage. You know, I, I testified, man, to this young girl, this, old, this older lady behind me. I said, I said, we're going to pray for her. I was like, you believe in Jesus? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, all right, well, come on, we're going to pray for her. She's like, well, I don't have a lot of time. I'm thinking to myself, you don't have, like, we're not, it's probably not even going to take that long. But anyway, I had to love her, man. Get, that's part of covering. You could easily make that a big deal and be like, do you really believe in the power of your prayers? Because if you did, I don't think you'd be so rushed to get on out of here to do whatever else you're trying to do. <laughs> so my heart kind of broke a third time, but I had to like be like, nah, we're, we're still. So I prayed over this girl, and I, I prayed that she would have the eyes of God. I blessed her eyes that she would see like Jesus sees. And so that's part of, part of covering is not just reading it. We live in this world, man. And I, like, my heart is beating for humanity because I, they are my, I am theirs and they are mine. They are like me. 
there's only one mankind. There's only one part of creation that has so much expressing the image of God. Those are my, that's my heart. Zebras, birds, I love them, but not the way I love humanity. And I also know the implications of a man or a woman or a child and how they can stand in glory for all of eternity side by side with me, experiencing heaven. And not heaven on earth, heaven, because it's heaven, because it is the kingdom. And so actually, come down, come down, Jesus, if you're really the son of, this reminds me, I love the Old Testament. The Lord's just good that I get, can even have comprehension to read stuff and connect dots. But this reminds me of Nehemiah 3. Nehemiah, I'm not going to go into it because it would take me, I will go into it way more than I ought to. But I love Nehemiah. This guy was living in another nation, found out Jerusalem had been ransacked, had been turned to rubble. He is brokenhearted, goes to the king of the nation he's in and says, I need to go and help rebuild this wall. I need. And then he had favor with the king, and the king gave him some resources, money, materials, even folks. So he goes, I love it, because Nehemiah is up on top of the wall building. He's not just project managing. He's up on there building. And what happens? You got guys saying, hey, man, you need to come down. These three, I don't even remember their names. Guys are trying to get Nehemiah to come down. I love Nehemiah's response. It foreshadows Jesus. He says, I cannot come down, for I have a work to do. Don't beat around the bush, man. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. If you don't have, if you don't have to come down, don't come down. If you've got a work to do, you've got a work to do. And I love, I just, Jesus, I just see Jesus in Nehemiah. Um, ah, but here's what's really cool about, this is honestly, so y'all probably heard the saying, all things point to Jesus. They really do. I mean, for me, stuff just constantly points to Jesus. Um, so Nehemiah helps restore Jerusalem. Jesus his blood speaks a better word. And so Jesus restores humanity, not just the city, not just the city. One of my favorite things that the Lord's been ministering to for honestly probably three years is the New Jerusalem. Revelation 21, you need to read it. Because it's the one real glimpse I get at the, you know, we talk about heaven, it's written, man. You've got some stuff. And so. Are y'all awake? Are y'all with me? Am I like, really, am I, if you're not, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I've got, no, I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> but, so like I said, the Lord's really been ministering to me with Revelation 21 for a long time. Um, and it's incredible. This is what I love about the new Jerusalem, which is the new, the kingdom of God, where there will be no sun, where actually the light will be God himself, and he will be with man again, like the garden. It talks about the dimensions of the city. It talks about the materials of the wall. It's crazy. It's awesome. It talks about names of the disciples written on the wall. I love that. It talks about some amazing stuff. And it talks about the 12 gates. 
Y'all have heard the pearly gates. Don't hear it from others. Don't hear it. Go. The word is upon us. The word is available. And what I love about God's word is, whoo, this is what I love about God's word. When we speak, we speak words. Who else speaks and creates? No one. I know the power of God's word. It actually creates. Let it, let it create inside of you. Let it, be, let it create inside of you. No other word is going to do that the way the Lord's word does that. It's available. Sit with the Lord. Be intimate with him. It's the greatest thing you can do with your time. I can't tell you how much pleasure and peace I feel when I'm with the Lord. Everything fades. Everything fades. And I am adored by him. I'm loved by him. It's perfect peace when you're with the Lord. It really is. So the New Jerusalem has 12 gates. The pearly gates. One massive pearl. I don't understand it. It says one, it says one massive pearl. But what I love about Revelation 21, 25, Jesus opened the veil and also, I didn't write it. 21, 25 says the gates will never be closed. Y'all. Thank you, Deborah. <laughs> the gates will never be closed. Thank you, G. Satan, lake of fire, no more tears, no more demons trying to do things. It, the gates are open because there is no threat. They don't have to be closed. So Nehemiah is like doing, that's what Jesus did. He paid for the gates to stay open because that's how much he eliminated hell and evil and Satan and sin and selfishness and pride. And instead he brought the unity of his own father together and manifested in his creation, the sons and daughters of the living God, all together one time forever in the full presence of the Lord. It's real. And I love that the gates are open. Oh my gosh, that right there has ministered to me for three years, man. The gates are open, the gates are open, the gates are open, the gates are open. It just doesn't leave me. The gates are open. And then I started thinking, you know, we were worshiping, and this was pretty wild. I was thinking about, you know, G me talking about Jesus covering sin. And I was thinking about the pearl. I was like, man, that had to be a huge oyster or clam, wherever. Pour And then I started thinking about, is it an oyster or a clam? Oyster. And, uh, you know, I've heard, I maybe probably when I was a child, and I've never really actually, looked, you know, researched it myself, but the piece of sand gets in the oyster. And it takes a long time for a, for a pearl long time and I just thought that that was a really beautiful picture because I feel like you know because that sand you think about sand's just gritty and uncomfortable and the Lord does something with it and he makes it beautiful and I was just thinking about the pearly gate and the covering because I always I think about Lord are we going to remember how much are we going to remember are we going to remember our own 
I know he's going to wash away the sin. And, and I just think about what the sin's going to be covered. It's going to be gone. And I just think about like those pearly gates and like, wow. Like, and now this is not scripture, but I just think like, like that's how much sin will be removed and covered. A massive pearly gate that came from a piece of sand. And I just feel like the glory of God came from some sin. He made it into his glory. Don't let your cross down. And I know it gets heavy. Or you just get weary. It really stays the same weight. And it's okay to be weary. And that's why it's important to have brothers and sisters with you, man. You can't do this on your own, man. Why would you? We're here. I'm here. You're here for me. Like, Jesus is with us. You know, I, just be real with your friends if you're weary. And then also remember and have hope that you can be strengthened in the Lord, that you don't have to just live weary just because you've been weary for a little while. Because what is a little while to the Lord in eternity? And what's an eternity to the Lord? A little while. So really pick up your cross, stay, keep it, which to me that just means look at Jesus, stay with Jesus, be with Jesus. Um, I wrote oil in the lamp crushed to create, something had to be crushed to create that oil. And there, there's the suffering right there. It's okay to be crushed. It's okay to be crushed. There is nothing wrong with you being, feeling like you're being crushed. That is all right. It really is. Just be faithful that it will, produce, it will produce a good thing, that the Lord is good and trustworthy, that it will produce a good thing. This is not cliche, but it can happen. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Um, there's a thing called the particle smasher. It's like from Sweden to France. I think They built this thing underground. It's like 15 miles long or something crazy where they're taking atoms, and they're trying to see what an atom is made out of. Do y'all, are y'all familiar with this? Have you heard of this? So they're trying to crush this atom. Like, they're trying to send these atoms into each other super speed, to have them break apart so they can see. And they, haven't, they can't figure it out. And what I love is like, they can't, it's figured out. <laughs> he is before all things and in him all things hold together. So when you think you're being crushed into nothing, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. He, you are still being hold, held together. Don't just, you are. You're not unraveled completely. It's not like your atoms are splitting apart. You're still being held together by the grace of God. His mercy is sweet and his mercy is lasting. It will carry you all the way, all the way. Hebrews 2.10, for it was fitting. This is probably one of Brittany's favorite verses. 
For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons and daughters, putting it in there, to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For it was fitting that he should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. So I'm saying here that he is the father and the founder is Jesus. That is wisdom beyond my comprehension because I thought Jesus was perfect. And it's okay to not know everything. But the Father chose it. And it's just good that he... He endured the, the cross and he despised the shame. And he's worthy of your praise while you suffer, while you're being crushed. And he's able to do a mighty thing through it. And that's, I just wanted to like share that, that's it. Just wanted to bless my family and my people. Um, this all gets tied back to that first verse. What was it? First John 2, 4, I think, that he paid for all the sins of the world. It's simply reiterated right here in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to perish because Jesus paid for everybody. And he wants his full reward. What a perfect salvation is offered. It's offered through repentance. Don't let me sugarcoat anything, y'all. Repent. Repent, repent. What is repentance? What is the kingdom of God? This is what it is. Zacchaeus, the dude up in the tree, the tax collector, he goes to Jesus, Jesus goes to his house, and simply by looking at Jesus, being in the, the presence of the Lord, Zacchaeus says, I will pay back everything I've taken. And then what does Jesus say? Surely the kingdom of God is here. Repentance, repent. Give it up, repent. Cry out. That's the, the perfect salvation comes through repentance, comes through Jesus and us repenting. Jude 24, 25 says, to him who is able to keep you from falling, keep you from falling. Come on, y'all, like, you can say it. I ain't going to stay down. I'm not going to lose my faith. Just because I'm up here one day, I don't need to get scared and say, oh, I'm gonna, I might lose this. No, no, no. He's going to keep us from falling. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with a great joy. 
to the only God, our Savior, be glory, be majesty, be power and authority through Christ Jesus our Lord before all ages. Now, right now, in another moment from now, in a couple moments from now, later this evening and forevermore, that's it. He's going to keep us from falling. We're going to be presented spotless. This is the good news. It never gets old to me. It just doesn't. Y'all, we made it here. I'm so thankful. Um, does anybody have anything that they want to share? Yeah? Amen. Yeah. So I'm going to, if you want me to pray with you, I'll be more than happy to. I'm going to hang out up here. Um, I guess Sam will play a song of worship. And then y'all can continue. Don't act like y'all weren't offended all, on all those songs in the beginning. I know that there was a hard heart up in here. And I'm thankful mine wasn't that one. his grace. I'm a recipient. Um, but after the song, we're going to have prayer ministry, prayer team up here too. If you want to, if you see somebody you feel like you need to be prayed with, come on up. After that song, if you guys could stay, if you've got time and help put up some chairs and some carpets.